BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music and lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. This is a transformative time for black America. Our income is at an all-time high, and the opportunity for economic empowerment is unprecedented. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. Build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com slash blueprints. My guest today on Money Making Conversation Masterclass is Miguel Wilson. He's the founder and CEO of the Miguel Wilson Collection, a boutique formal wear design business for men and one of the only menswear designers that specifically carries a wedding collection for grooms and groomsmen. For over 20 years, the Washington, D.C. native designed suits, sports coats, trousers, shirts, and accessories for men with a long client list that includes celebrities and other high-profile people, including Bishop T.D. Jakes, Pastor Jamal Bryant, Hollywood producer Will Packer, rappers Two Chain and Waka Flocka, and we're housewives of Atlanta husbands Peter Thomas, Todd Tucker, and Michael Sterling, just to name a few. He currently maintains four locations in Atlanta, D.C., Miami, and New York City, while also traveling around the world to accommodate his clients and providing his services virtually. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Thank God there's Zoom. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations Masterclass, Miguel Wilson. How you doing, sir? Hey, Sean. How you doing, sir? Thank you for having me. Well, first of all, uh, high fashion, okay? Um, you know, I've, I've managed a guy who's a high fashion king, Steve Harvey, for 16 years. Oh, wow. And wow. Um, and so that was, that was, you know, his suit line and everything. And so he so just wanted to be dressed immaculate and tailor-made clothes were part of his uh, DNA. I've been blessed to be able to say I've been able to afford tailor-made clothes in my lifetime. So that makes a difference. So with you being in a tailor-made business, what is the difference from listening to my customers listening because this is a live show. What is the difference between buying a tailor-made suit and buying it off the rack in a store, in a quality store? Well, you can find quality. I sell quality suits in my stores yes, sir. every day. Okay, So you can buy quality, but it's something very special about a gentleman being able to be a part of the design in his clothing. Yes, sir. So to be able to choose the lapel, choose the fabric, choose the lining, pockets, and then, you know, even have your name inside of it. Mm-hmm. I just think that's a, it's, it's an, it's, you know what it is? The difference is, one, is more of an experience. I think going through the process of having a suit made is more of an experience. Um, there are features in a custom-made or tailor-made suit that aren't generally available in off the rack. So guys who have their suits made can generally identify a suit that was that was made yes. based on these these qualities. So if you see, for instance, like functional buttonholes on the sleeves, things of that nature, it it, it generally uh identifies as something that was, you know, had to be made. Absolutely. So, you know, when you, when you, when you talk about suits and clothes, um, people when they hear the word tailor made, they just run for, out of fear. I can't afford that. I can't afford that. And and I tell people all the time because we, we're talking about men, and we're not talking about mm-hmm. women's fashion. And mm-hmm. you know, uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a guy who watches old TV, watches westerns, and men fashions really don't change. You can correct me. You know, they they, they kind of stay the same. It just just gets updated a little bit, but. You know, they were wearing uh, button downs in the ten, in the twenties and the thirties, and they were wearing two button and three button suit jackets in the mm-hmm. westerns, western western era, and all that stuff, and pop up collars and all that stuff. So, so what what makes fashion fashionable for men? I guess that's the question. Okay, so so let's understand this: fashion changes a yes, little bit every single day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't move fast, but it's just like if you took. If you move one inch a day, nobody really recognizes the inch. Right. Don't even realize you moved any. But in the course of, of a year or two years, you know, you're down the street now. And so now you, we see you've moved. Okay. So fashion is the same way in that you, if you're wearing fashion, certain things today, people will notice it as something that's in now. And, 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 it's, and it's not just 
the clothing, a lot of a lot of fashion is around and the way it's worn. So it could be the same things, but it's worn differently. For instance, you mentioned Steve Harvey. Right. And, you know, everybody still to this day kind of recognize when they see a, a baggy pair of pants on, they'll say, oh, it's like Steve Harvey pants. Right. Now, although he doesn't wear those types of things today, it's just ingrained in people's minds that that's the Steve Harvey look, per se. Okay. Right. So today, guys wear their pants more European cut, slimmer, mm-hmm. pleat. You know, we used to do the deep pleats. Now we do no pleats. So while there's some similarities, there's always these subtle changes that, that really separate something that's currently in style versus something that was previously in style. Right. When you, and, and I agree with that. I know that, uh, I, I know that you know, a lot of men, I'm talking about Steve Harvey and his fashion, that a lot of it grew out of the fact that he was hosting Showtime at the Apollo. And uh, and so ministers would uh, wear his fashion. It really caught on. It became very popular. And uh, and like I said, it grew into the point that you know Macy's started carrying his suit line, and other people around the country started carrying his suit line. What what is? Let's let's go back up a little bit because I jumped out real quick and asked you a question about fashion, Mr. Wilson. How did you get started in this whole game? And in the early days before you became in high profile and and people trusted you to be able to deliver on these fashion based on the names that I mentioned when I mentioned uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes or, the, you know, right. Will Packer. And then you jump over to Rappers 2 Chains, which is a totally different fashion look and fashion style. But let's talk about how it all started because it's all about promise when you start. But then you have to believe in yourself to make it happen. Ready to hear exactly. your story, sir. Well, you know, I will say this, that one, um, I've always had a passion for, for fashion. My, my grandfather, my father, both, for lack of a better word, clothes horses. Yes, sir. Guys like to dress. They wear clothes. And to this day, they both think they dress better than me. So, <laughs> and, and I make a living at it. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, you know, approximately in the 90s, I had a good friend of mine who actually, I was having, I used to have my suits made. And a friend of mine was in the business. Uh, he wanted to start his own company. He was working for someone else and asked me to be a partner. And I invested and worked in the business for seven years and, learned what I need to learn. And it's just kind of just went from one level to the, one stage to the next, if you will, you know? So, um, the greatest, you know, to transition from, you know, just starting out or, you know, getting a name out there and then really catapulting to the next level where you do have the celebrities and people become more of a trusted name, if you will, right. mm-hmm. is a result of a lot of trial and error. Okay being in this business as long as I have, I've made pretty much every mistake a person can make. The thing is I didn't quit as a result of mistakes. That's the first thing. Second thing is I changed because of those mistakes. One thing about me, I tell my people today, I'm, I'm fine with you all making mistakes. Mistakes going to happen. What I don't like is the same mistakes being repeated. Right. So when we have a mistake, we have to come up with solutions and, and, ways to prevent it from being a mistake tomorrow. So this, this has been part of what I feel to be the trust that people gain in me is the fact that I think over a period of time, we've been able to eliminate a lot of the mistakes and create, you know, a high rate of quality service and quality products. We'll be right back with more money making conversations, masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. 
Now let's return to Money Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. We've lost some great um, name. I know uh, Andre Leon Talley. I interviewed him on Money Making Conversation Masterclass. I read his book, Inspiring, and Virgil, we just lost him. When you see talent like that leave your industry, and then uh, are, those, are those mentors to you? Are those uh, people you look up to? Talk to us about that. Um. You know, I, I take a little bit from everyone. Yes, sir. That, you know, I, I can I learn from entrepreneurs in business. And so, so, so as a, as a fashion designer, I'm, I'm also a businessman. Right. So, taking from you know from the fashion standpoint, you know, my inspirations come from a variety of places. It can come from people. It can come from just art. It can come from traveling. Um, but I think I learned I learned a lot just talking to business people, and you know through those conversations, sharing stories, you know, details about issues and problems and things, how they handled it, I think this is, has been a great part of the process as well. So, but, um, go ahead. You know, the thing I want to talk to you about is that, you know, that because you mentioned it about customer service and not making mistakes. Let's, because you're dealing with fashion, and this is something when somebody puts on, it's going to go out in public, and then you're dealing with high-profile families. They may be on red carpets. They may be on TV, uh, entertainment tonight. Maybe on a, a, a different, different layer, or restaurant or an event. And so your brand is not like something that doesn't get recognized. It can be put on the spot. It can be memed on social media. It can be, it can be, uh, it can be a, 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 a blessing and also a curse if it's done wrong. And so, right. You know, you know what I'm saying, and so when you when you're looking at fashion and and individuals come into you for your brand, your because they're seeking your advice. I know I do when I'm sitting down with someone who's designing something from, or I might pitch an idea, and they might go, uh, "Rashawn, I don't think that's a good idea." How do you work that through the process? I know you're a trusted leader in fashion, but I'm, you also pitch ideas. How do you work the ideas of a client into your fashion talents to deliver the clothes that they want? That's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, people come to me with ideas all the time. And realistically, I have to be able to see it. Right. And, you know, people come with ideas that are kind of way out there. And, <laughs> if I, it, yeah, but, but, if I, but if I'm not feeling it like, wow, <clears throat> then I will tell them, you know, this is, I understand what you're trying to do. I'm, I just can't see, I don't have a vision for this, what you're trying to do. I, or, or, I see it. I just don't like it. Right. Okay. And, and I, I just, I think being honest, one of the biggest traits, the greatest traits a business person can have is integrity and right. good character. Right. That when you say something, people know you mean it and this is from the heart. So I don't try to, I don't say things to me. I don't say anything just to make somebody feel good. I don't tell people what they want to hear. I tell them what I think and what I feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that that comes with people give you a lot of respect when right. they feel like you know I can trust his opinion. Right, so it's not all about the dollar; cool. it's about the, the honest relationship. Because you know, these people need to learn just about fashion. It's like when I would sit down with a person like you, Miguel. First of all, it's trust, uh-huh. and also and I'm seeking advice too. Okay. okay. You know, I might be a person who might write the check, but I'm also kind of a little bit stupid too. Okay, and so you have to educate me 
uh, a little bit. So I, I appreciate what you're saying, and people need to hear him when he says that because a lot of times people, when they ask questions and ask for advice, they really want the truth. They want to know. Now, it might not be what they want to hear. Otherwise, they wouldn't have asked the question. So that means you need to right. tell them something they need to hear to make them have a balance of reality. So if somebody mm-hmm. comes into your restaurant and they have an idea, coming to your pitching an idea to you, and in the back of your mind, the average person walks over, I, I ain't want to hurt their feelings. Okay, right there's the mistake. I don't want to hurt their feelings. You probably needed to hurt that person's feeling. Then they won't be embarrassed. They won't be opening the restaurant with no budget, with no business plan, because you didn't step up to the plate. And I know because of you being a guy who's a designer, it it took. It, at what point did you realize that this had to be part of the conversation? To be honest, that's that's a very good question. In 2011, I filed bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. and pretty much lost everything I owned, had to start over from scratch. And as I evaluated the loss, I realized that a lot of it was self-inflicted, that I really had no one to blame but myself. The economy and so forth was a part of it, but I made some bad decisions and didn't really run business right. So in rebuilding a new company, that I had to change in certain ways. And one of the ways was really, you know, just having good character about stuff, man, and, and not putting the dollar first. And, and let me give you an example. I wouldn't intentionally do it. I think a lot of businesses don't intentionally lie or intentionally mislead. But let me give you an example. People will come, used to come to me and say, hey, can you do this for me? Or can you make this for me? Now, without me really knowing I could execute against it, I would say yes. Mm-hmm. And I'll just figure it out. And let me figure it out. And I had every intention of figuring it out and getting it right. But sometimes I failed. And as a result, you you not deliver on the promise or the customer's expectations. So too often we get in these desperate situations in business where we make deals in situations to pay rent or to, or to, or to fix us a serious problem we have financially. But at the end of the day, we've, messed up our integrity and messed up our character and messed up the, the potential for someone to refer us to other people or do more business with us. So through evaluating myself and those types of decisions, I just made a decision that I'm making, making money. I, I don't have any money at this point. I don't have much. And so let me just operate, you know, uh, in a way that I know I can deliver and be Absolutely. good and great and great at what I do. We'll be right back with more Money-Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. Now let's return to Money-Making Conversations Masterclass with Rashawn McDonald. You was talking about mentoring, which I, which I, which is a modern term in the sense that I know when I was growing up, I didn't have that word to my disposal in the, in the millennials they and Gen Z, they understand the value of mentoring. And I also want to be able to say that that's the purpose of me creating this show was to create lanes where people can come on this show, either call on the show or or just hear interviews through mentorship. Maybe they won't make the mistakes. Talk about your mentorship, sir. For, for what you do in this area as well, you're right. Millennials do understand it better than, you know, previous generations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, knowledge is power. And, 
you know, sometimes you can learn the hard way. You can learn from others. <laughs> I'm the hard right? way. I'm the hard way, Miguel. I'm the hard way. Right. <clears throat> but, you know, so as a result, I have, you know, many. Um, I do fashion shows and things. I have a lot of uh, designers that participate that, uh, you know, look at me as a, as a mentor and call on me for advice, questions, stuff. But one of the things, you know, I think a common mistake is that designers or people who intend to be designers and want to start a, a line or whatever, set it up based on just their own personal likes and dislikes and not with the customer in mind. Mm-hmm. So I think that you need to, if you're, if you're in fashion, if you want to stand out in fashion, because there are millions of, of, of brands out there now, right? Right. So how do you, how do you segment yourself or separate yourself from everything else that's there. You have to do something or have a particular purpose or client or niche that you're focused on to really do that. So back, I talked to you about when I filed bankruptcy and start, had to start all over. Mm-hmm. One of the other things I did was identified a space in fashion that was unoccupied. Right. And that was serving grooms. So when I started that process, nobody was really doing it. Men's warehouse, rental tuxedos, but nobody's really catering to men having not only great clothes, Mm -hmm. but a phenomenal experience. Mm -hmm. You know, women, when they get engaged, their girlfriends get together, (laughs) bridal shop, they sipping champagne. (laughs) It is a party, right? Right, right. So, right. So, so, and then, they show up at the, you know, they they, they feel phenomenal the, the wedding day because they know that day that they're wearing the most beautiful gown they've ever created mm-hmm. for themselves. So men deserve the same thing, particularly in this day and age when so many of us are paying for the weddings out of our own pocket, too. Unlike previous years where the fathers used to help out and so forth, you know, it ain't the case today. So a lot of us are paying for it. And, and truthfully... It's probably the biggest party that most of us will throw. Right. Their right. wedding. Right. So the man deserves, the groom deserves to look great, feel great, and, you know, not be shortchanged after the, you know, desserts, you know? You know, the, the, the fun part about that is that it almost like it's about time, you know, because that is right. true, is that the experience of going in, getting that perfect gown, you know, I, how many how many tuxedos I've rented and it's just been, oh, he told me to come get that color in the corner. And right. I get it and I get some ugly shoes right. and I go, okay? <laughs> and that's really, I, that's the experience I remember. I'm just telling you the truth. I've, I've done this several times. So it's always right. a hard pair of uh, patent leather right. shoes and a, a, a ill-fitting uh a tux that, that somebody else has worn maybe four or five hundred times before I put it on. Exactly. And, so uh, what what I've done is is looked at the total wedding experience for a man and recreated it. Okay. Congratulations. So it start. It's thank you, thank you. It, it, it starts off with the clothes, of course, but at the end of the day, too, they got groomsmen, and I want them to come in from the moment they come in into our our when our showrooms. I want them to feel special, like we're celebrating. You were celebrating this occasion. It's not just about the wedding day. It's about the process. And I want you to enjoy the journey along the way going to it. So we do a thing called Groom's Lounge where we invite the groom to bring all his groomsmen in. We have champagne and cocktails. 
and we do all the fittings. And then we end it with our uh, roast and toast of the groom. And I tell you, this is probably one of the most phenomenal things that I have come up with because every week when these guys come in there, and I don't care where they're from around the country, but they get together and they roast and toast this one guy, this groom, their right. friend, their brother. Mm-hmm. And to hear these brothers tell this man how proud they are of him, how much they love him, how much they support him. It's something that we don't see in America much often. You know, people tend to think that, you know, we kill each other. We mm-hmm. do this, we do that. But one thing about that roast and toast in my stores every week, you see that brothers, black men in particular, love each other, that we support each other, that we have good fathers, good brothers, but also we love our women. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's if society or or the media were to tell a story, it would be nothing like the reality that we experience every single week in our stores. Congratulations! So, it, it is amazing. And um, but the thing is, the groom and the groomsmen mm-hmm. walk away feeling like they've just experienced something that was much needed, and and just doesn't happen because how often do we just tell each other even though we might talk frequently whatever how often do we tell each other man i love you right. man i'm proud of you right bro you're doing the right thing Dad, you need right. some help whatever right. you know what i mean so right. this is this is a great time that will be uh remembered mm-hmm. by every guy that goes through this this will be one of the highlights of the wedding. you know i'm getting i'm engaged i'm getting married in may <laughs> myself and i'm telling you a lot of the stuff that i've created for my grooms are the very things I want for myself. Great. You so know, I'm going to do a groom's lounge. There you yeah. go. There you go. I'm going to do a roast and toast. I'm going to have all these same things for myself. And, and drop it on social media because we all need to see it. Hey, oh, hey Miguel, yeah, man. I'm going to tell you something, man. You, you're inspiring me, man. Like I said, uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show. In fact, uh, can you be a regular? Can you come back when you're about to do? Can well, you come back in May? Man. In May because anytime, I want to talk about you the polo team at, uh, at Morehouse okay. and all that good stuff. Yeah. But what my big yeah. takeaway from you is that, man, there's a love, man, in what you are doing. There's a passion and the desire to be the best, but not the best because of, that's what people compete for. It's about it's about mm-hmm. breaking stereotypes, about being uh, living the lane of black excellence, and you're doing it in the lane of fashion. I'm talking to Miguel Wilson Collection, right. four locations, support the, 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 yeah. the whole principle of Black excellence, and I appreciate you coming on Money Making Conversations. Rashawn, let me say this one thing. Mm-hmm. You know, every week I'm in Phipps Plaza in Atlanta, and these guys, these brothers, have to walk by Gucci, they have to walk by Versace, they have to walk by Tom Ford, mm-hmm. and all these places to get to my store. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the one thing I want them to do when they make that work, I want to make it worthwhile. And the one thing we do is make each and every one of them feel the love that they feel. This is a place that you are honored and treated well and feel great. Thank you. I thank you, Miguel Wilson. I appreciate you, brother. We're going to talk soon. May, right, you get married, right? Likewise. May, right? Hey, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. I okay. get on after that show. After I get married, we come on back on. I, I, I don't work. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>